Hi, friends. Join us as we dive into the themes, metaphors, and foreshadowing of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We are your hosts, Leah, Sarah, Tabby, and whether you're a new viewer or a longtime fan, welcome to Becoming Buffy. Hey guys, welcome back to Becoming Buffy. Today we are here with my friend Liz, who has been with us the past, I guess is the fourth year. This is crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> but every year at the end of the season, Liz comes on and tells me what she thinks of the show from the eyes of a new watcher. And so she's never seen the show before. She knows probably some spoilers, but minimal spoilers. And um, she's watching the show kind of at the same rate as us, roughly. And <laughs> she has watched all of season four. And so we are going to ask her her thoughts and get some predictions on where she thinks the show is going to go from here. And yeah, so if you guys have not listened to our previous recordings with her. You guys can find that wherever you listen to your podcasts or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's it's always really interesting. And I'm always, always so impressed by how insightful you are, Liz. Like I was, I went back and listened to our season three one um the other day because I was like, okay, what were her predictions? And I was like, dang, this girl's just like nothing surprises her. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully I don't disappoint now that you've set me up to say that I'm always insightful. Hopefully I can give you something to work with today. <laughs> oh, I think you will. And and we talked about and I pre I prepped you um in the last time, the last time we talked, I was like, okay, season four has some really not great episodes has some like the overall arc is kind of wah, wah, um but it's got some great episodes and, and there's a couple in particular I'm really really curious your thoughts um because they just are really really interesting so Sounds before good. we get into all that what were your overall impressions of season four yeah so as you as you kind of know I did go through it pretty quickly so um <laughs> it's kind of a, <laughs> I, I get maybe I'm not supposed to say that but I did um, so I kind of was like packing and watching and doing different things, uh, since I'm moving. So it was kind of one of those interesting things where sometimes I was like, wait, what's happening? Miss something. Right. Um, right. but overall I thought it was interesting. I would say not my favorite of the seasons overall. Um, definitely not, but still enjoyable. Um, some of the, yeah, some of the story arcs just killed me. Like the whole Oz thing as that was going down. I was yeah. like, really? This is where we're yeah. going this. Um, but overall, I thought it was really interesting. Um, I thought the new love interest for Buffy was interesting. Okay. Um, and, and fun to, I have feelings about that, but fun to watch like these two people meet and go, oh, the other one's really weird. And like, oh, they couldn't handle my side job, you know, and then realizing they have the same job. Um, right. so I thought that was really interesting. Um, though still a little bit fell flat for me. I definitely was like, eh, where's Angel? <laughs> Bring him back. So yeah. yeah. That seems to be the general consensus. I mean, it's it's a it's a season four, and I know we talked about this last time, but I feel like with each show, season four is always very much like a transition for a show. And it either the show either comes back stronger. Or it fizzles out from here on out. Yeah. Um, and I'm happy to say that Buffy does not fizzle out after this. It has one of its strongest seasons coming up next. But there's still some great stuff in season four. Um, so I'm going to read back your predictions from okay. season three. And we'll go okay. through them and talk about them. Sounds good. 
All right. So season four predictions. You said, I thought there would be more exploration of identity in the new realm of college and adulthood. And you were spot on because the theme of this season was definitely identity mm-hmm. and discovering who you are. Um, you said, I thought there would be some new characters popping up since Cordelia is gone. Definitely were. We have Anya, we have Riley, <laughs> and Anya. we have Spike coming back. Yeah, Anya, <laughs> the new Cordelia. You said you didn't think Giles was going anywhere, but you thought we would explore the differences in his dynamic with Buffy as he's not her watcher anymore and also how Buffy functions with more responsibility on her shoulders. Oh, wow. I really did predict this. You did. <laughs> okay. You really did. You, you, you've watched a lot of television, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know stories, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Or not just television, I guess reading books. Like you understand how – like where they would go naturally with their yeah. characters. Yeah. That's so interesting. You anticipated that Angel would be back, but think that it will be for longer since they made a bigger production about him leaving and stuff. Um, you're curious yeah. how Buffy will handle that or if she will try other options, you know, Riley. Okay. And then you thought that this season would be more about Buffy trying to combine her Slayer side and her adult life and realizing that the responsibility of slaying is not going away and that mm-hmm. Buffy will struggle more with the darker side of her identity, which wasn't quite what happened yeah, no. this season. So, but other than that, you kind of nailed it. <laughs> no pressure. I hope these uh, predictions I know. completely <laughs> off. Watch. <laughs> No, but you did well. I was very, very impressed. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So thoughts on Riley. Okay. So I I do want to, I want to nitpick a little bit. Do it. (laughs) Because early on, I was like, okay, he's kind of got a thing for her. I was like, that's kind of cute. But there's that one episode, and I don't remember which episode it is, but um, when he and his little military friends that we don't know are military friends are talking and this is such a minuscule thing that you may be like, okay, Liz, why are we focusing on this? But in that conversation, when they're trying to get him to admit that he likes her um, and that other guy who she dated, what was his name? Brandon. What was the guy she slept with? Oh, oh yeah. Parker. Parker. Parker? Mm-hmm. Is that his name? Parker. Yeah. I see. I forgot his name. He's so inconsequential. Yes. You know, he <laughs> really is such a jerk. Um, but in that whole little scene when they're talking about that and Parker's just being a total creep, um, when you watch it, you're supposed to be like, oh, he's defending her. How sweet. And I was really annoyed that it was like, oh, that must mean I like her. Not like, oh, I should be defending anyone who's being spoken of Mm -hmm. this way. He's comparing uh, women to toilet seats and we're supposed to be like oh, oh, oh no I love her that's why it's not funny that really bothered me that I think that internalized uh, misogyny there that we're still supposed to see is like romantic and sweet I that that really stuck out to me as being significant um, and I think I think to some extent some of that comes from the male creator of the show and the time it was created in but like that was one of those things that I was like oh I'm gonna bring this up with Sarah because it really bothered me. Um, he's he's a decent character, but the bar is so low for our expectations of what make him a good man that from the outset, that kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Oh, yeah, totally. That's a, um, a very common criticism of Riley. And it was something that when Tabby Lee and I were going through the show, 
Um, I've never really, I've never hated Riley. I've always kind of understood him. And I think that his, what they were attempting to do, they weren't necessarily successful, but what they were attempting to do with telling his story was tell the story of someone who is coming out of something that he was completely ingrained in and having to kind of fight his way out and figure out who he is apart from that. Um, Whether that's a cult, whether that's a religious ideology, whether that's the military, like there's so many layers to that. I think that's very, very compelling. Um, But the problem with Riley is they never really made him a fully fleshed out character. They just set him up to be this amazing person by making everybody around him really bad. So we're like, what Riley's doing is the bare minimum. Like, but he's set up, oh my gosh, he's this amazing guy. And so situations like the one you mentioned, you're like, okay, yeah, but the only reason he did that is because that guy was being so horrible. What if the guy was being like, you know, just a regular jerk? Yes, because even his friend, I forget his name, who he becomes oh, really Forrest, the yeah, worst. He, <laughs> he becomes even worse. So it's like, okay, that's fair. Um, but he's like, Oh, I've said way worse to you, you know, than that. And he even says that to him and he's like, Oh wow, that must mean I like her. But it's like, okay, so you're the kind of man who yeah. tolerates this until it's somebody that you care about. And I think you totally. see that later with him and Angel too. I always get really annoyed by these me man, me beat you up for my woman. I always get really annoyed by that because the issue for them isn't each other. It's Buffy has her choice. Angel left. Like beating up the other guy is not going to solve their problem. And I just found that really telling about who the character is. As Yeah. Well. No, totally. Totally. And it's hard because I think – Riley could have been a really great character and a really interesting dynamic for Buffy is having a normal relationship, like, well, semi-normal because he's human, yeah. but he's still in kind of the same line of work that she is. Um, yeah. And I I think for me personally, and for many, many people, we feel like they dropped the ball. And I think, I'm curious, do you feel like Riley's arc this season, do you feel like it came to a satisfying conclusion or do you feel like there was things they could have done better? Or do you feel like you felt like, yeah, I understand where they're going. I mean, a little bit of both. I definitely felt like he could have been better fleshed out. Um, I, I will say, and this is probably a stupid question. I was a little bit confused about his ending and maybe I missed something. So that last episode was real bizarre. Was he even in that last episode? (laughs) Okay, yeah. I'm excited to talk with you about that one. (laughs) Um, No. So, I mean, he was in the episode at the very beginning when Buffy says goodbye to him and then he leaves and then he just pops up as a dream character. Okay. And where is he going? I missed that. He was was going to go talk, be debriefed by those like military men, but he's still there. He hasn't gone anywhere. Okay. Um, so yeah, I definitely don't, I mean, if, if this is his, if he's still going to be there, I still think there's a lot of room to do more with his character, especially because they've just come out of this. You can even kind of see that hint from the, the people that are like, we need to debrief them. We need to shut this down. You can even sense that something bigger might come from that whole story. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might be a prediction that I have something else is going to be at work there because this kind of stuff doesn't just go away. Um, I also anticipate he's probably going to have bigger problems moving out of this because he didn't realize how much he was being brainwashed and used. Mm. Um, see, so yeah, I, I don't feel necessarily like 
we got a full arc for him. I think there's a lot of places they could go and I hope they can do better with him than they did. But yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen more of his arc. And I, I think you said it really well. He's his, The bar is so low that he's so impressive just not, by not being totally awful that you don't really get a lot of characterization. You just get like, oh, she's so enamored with him. Um, but at the same time, that's how real life works. People are really enamored by really boring people. <laughs> and that's what, you know, that's what being enamored does to you. And from the outside, you look and you go, okay, this guy is not that special. Um, but from the inside, sometimes that's how it works. Um, and even her finding somebody that she can connect with at all, I think is kind of a big deal because she is so abnormal. Her life is so abnormal that, um, to connect with somebody regular, I think would be near impossible. Though I have a feeling they're going to try that soon because I feel, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not trying to make predictions, but I'm going there. I feel like that is the unexplored element so far. We've got Angel, who's a demon. Okay. So he's not quite normal. We've got this guy who's not quite normal. Um, so I feel like at some point there's going to have to be a normal guy to see how that works. Um, and if that can work. Anyway, yeah. sorry, that was a total ramble. But No, it's all good. You're here to ramble. These I'm here to listen. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I I won't bring up I mean, we can talk about it if you want to, but uh the <laughs> the overarching villain I feel like is kind of inconsequential, doesn't really like, you know, add him and all that stuff. Do you have any thoughts about him? you like the little breath there okay so i feel like yeah i agree i was just kind of like all right like in in theory it's interesting right the first man is adam we're creating this first you know this super race whatever it's kind of interesting but adam does fall really flat for me so and like you said he's more of a tool for Mm -hmm. a larger thing so yeah i think we can leave it at that (laughs) Okay, so question while we're still talking about Riley. What did you think of Buffy and Riley's relationship dynamic? Hmm. Okay, so yeah, I've mentioned a little bit about how I found him lacking in being... Okay, so the, okay, there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about. Um, I felt like, and I think this is not accurate, But I felt like their relationship from the very beginning was a little bit weird because I thought he was a lot older than her. And I don't know. I I looked it up online and people are like, oh, he's like 22. I was like, okay, he's not that much older than her. She's like 19, 18, 19. And when they really get together, she's almost 19. But at that age, that is kind of a big gap. And at first I, I was like, if he's in grad school, he's already graduated. So he could be like 23, 24. I'm like, he's in the military. Like he's, he's a whole grown ass man. And so that alone, like, I didn't think about it at first, but I was like, how old is he? Cause I thought that dynamic was a little weird. Um, yeah. The only thing they say was he's a junior. He's still in college. So he's a junior. Okay. Um, yeah. They had said he was, yeah, around that age. So, when they, okay. When did they say that? They say that like very, very early on, okay. um, like in like maybe episode seven, it's all about him or something like that. It is weird though, because he's also a TA, but yeah, then he also is like in the military. It, a lot of it, a lot of stuff doesn't quite make sense. So it's a little yes. confusing. Um, and then in season five, actually, there was a part that was cut out 
of the script from the first episode of season five where he's applying to grad school. So I'm like, oh. did he skip senior year? I don't know. I think the writers themselves don't really know how old he is. So Got it. And I almost wonder too, if when they say he's applying to, yeah, that's interesting. Cause early, even looking it up online, cause I was like, wait, how old is this man? And people were like, oh, he's beginning of grad school. So like, there's a lot of confusion. I don't know why all of us thought grad school, but it must be because usually um, like a TA like that would be in grad school. So maybe, and maybe I'm misrem- misremembering. I feel like I remember them saying he was a junior. Someone can well, correct really me right. if you guys remember. Um, I feel like I remember them saying that, but that would actually make a lot of sense why we never see him in class. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. I, but you know what? Honestly, though, I would feel better if you're probably right. You've seen it so many times. Um, but I was just like, huh, wait a minute. Like it's legal. It's not, right. but it's a little icky. 18 year olds are right. Like you're right at the you're line. Right on the cusp. Yeah. Um, so I felt, felt like that was a little strange. I think also coming right off of the Parker thing, it was very easy for him to look at. I, I, yep. <laughs> really easy for him to look at. I didn't think their relationship was bad. Um, I, I did think that because at this point in Buffy's, um, life. She's exploring like her sexuality more freely. Whereas like in her first relationship with Angel, that does become a big part of the story, but it's, there's a lot that happens first. That's her first time. Um, I did feel a little bit like that overshadowed the rest of their connection, if that makes sense. So I didn't necessarily feel like their characters, um, were fully fleshed out. It was a lot of hot and heavy, pretty big from the start. And (laughs) while that, while that part of the relationship was positive, it seemed, I think that overshadowed the lack of like, not a lot else going on. Um, I also think that you definitely could see, um, when she starts working with the initiative, how he really isn't ready for her to be as exceptional as she is. Um, Mm -hmm. he's not quite ready to be in a partnership where he's not the strongest one. And I definitely Mm -hmm. felt like that was a thing. Um, I I didn't think they explored it as much as they could have. I think it was just barely touched on, but I definitely think that's a thing. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think their, their sex life was explored a lot more than anything else. Uh, But I think that had that aspect of the relationship not kept them afloat, I think their relationship might've tanked a lot quicker. Yeah. Yeah. That's valid. It's very valid. <laughs> what did you think of the entire sex episode? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> well, I mean, it's all I can say, this is going to be really crude, but it's a good thing they kept going because otherwise they would have died. Like, <laughs> like literally I was like, well, they better keep going till the, till they all figure out a plan to save them. Um, I thought that whole, I thought that whole episode was interesting from the standpoint of that woman who had worked there and shamed yeah. all these people. And I think exploring where all these other people are at in their lives and their relationships, but totally bizarre, but an interesting concept for sure. Yeah. I When we covered it, I was, I was so bummed because I was like, you had an amazing premise right there. Like they actually delve in, if they could delve into purity culture, mm-hmm. <laughs> because this was like at the height of that. Um, 
what that does to a person and stuff. I feel like they were so close and they ended up, you know, deciding to focus on other things and it became a completely pointless episode. Um, but yeah, that was one of those episodes where I'm just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is the lowest the show has fallen thus far. Um, <laughs> not, not the peak. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thoughts on Willow and her coming out arc, her and Tara. Yeah. So I, okay. So I've been sitting with this for a while because I'm not, I'm not mad at the concept for Willow, but I'm also, as it was happening, I was kind of like, okay, like, is this, is this how this goes? Not at all from the standpoint of her coming out. I was like, that's fine. I didn't at the beginning, I ended up liking it's Tara, right? It's her name. Yes. Okay. I ended up liking her. She's a sweet character, but I was kind of like their relationship at first just felt a little bit to me, like two people who are like going through a dark place. And so all they can do is like grasp onto something that's close by, if that makes sense. And so I wasn't totally, whereas with like Oz, I was kind of like, okay, this is really adorable and I'm here for it. So I wasn't against, that kind of a relationship for her, but I, I felt a little bit like the way they went down that road didn't float my boat. I also felt a little bit like, I felt like it was done in kind of a stereotyped way. And maybe because this is what, um, late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. I think it's is 2001. Yeah. So a lot of media at that time surrounding, um, queer characters is going to be a little bit stereotypical, maybe, even though groundbreaking at the time. Um, But I felt like it was a little bit stereotypical. And I don't know, this may be like not the thing to say for Willow fans, because I really like Willow. But I felt like it was a little stereotypical to make her the queer character. Because she is the she is our witch. She is our um, nerd. She is like, I I felt like they're kind of like, okay, we'll put this this other label on her where it would have been more interesting to see a different character sure. put in yeah. that role. Does that make sense? Which, it does make sense, which, but it's really funny because Willow is the archetype. All of the witches, secondary characters that we see in supernatural media and a lot of stuff today Come are based her. off of her. So mm-hmm. it's so funny. And I this is a criticism I hear all the time. People going back and watching Buffy be like, oh, this is so cliche when, you know, for those of us who watch it for the first time, we're like, this is new and fresh. You know what I mean? So, But it is yeah. interesting. Um, and it is it's a valid different. criticism. But yeah. I really love Willow. I've always liked Willow's character. Right. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And season four was hampered by uh, Seth Green, who plays Oz, leaving. He ultimately decided to leave because he was frustrated with the fact that his character was going nowhere and he was getting offered these very lucrative movie roles and the studio, he wanted to stay and do both, but the studio wouldn't let him do both because he was technically, he was getting um, main billing. And because of that, he had to be on set for a certain amount of hours, mm-hmm. even though he was just sitting there not on screen and doing anything. Oh, wow. And so he was saying, hey, just let me come on for the times that I need to come on. Let me go do my movies. And they wouldn't let him. And so he was like, I'm going to bow out. And that's what wow. ended up happening. Isn't that a bummer? That is a bummer. It makes sense though. Yeah. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because I think they slightly, I don't know, and you can disagree with me if you want, but a lot of people feel like they assassinated Oz's character in an effort to kind of just make that break and make him go. Because it was like, we saw nothing of this for 
two and a half seasons. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay. So yeah. Yes. The whole, the whole, um, and it reminded me a little bit of what we talked about with Riley, where all of a sudden, you know, he's fine with them talking about women like they're trash, but the minute it's Buffy, it's a problem. When he's in that hallway and Tara, he's like, I smell you on her. And all of a sudden it's like a beautiful picture of toxic masculinity as he turns into an animal and tries to, you know, kill her. I was just like, okay, this is really not who we've seen from him before. Totally. And this is like a pretty dark thing to say about this character as well. Also, can we talk about how Willow found him and the other werewolf? Like, could that have been... Can we stop traumatizing these female characters? (laughs) Yeah. I thought that was lovely too. Like when she had sex with Angel, he turned evil. When she had sex with Parker, um, that whole thing turned into this horrible thing for her. I'm like, can we stop punishing these poor girls? Absolutely. Have some pleasure here. Yeah. And that is 100% a criticism of the shows that is very valid. Yeah. It's, is, you had sex, you must be punished for it. Or you have an active sex life, you must be punished for it. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And you don't you don't see that for Xander. The men. Oh, yeah, Xander. Well, I mean, you kind of did a little bit with his first time having sex with was Faith, just shoving True. him out the door. And well, then – Anya's kind of a punishment in and of <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to tell with her sometimes. She's very entertaining, but then it's like, is she just grading or is she? Yeah, totally. Okay. So obviously we talked about some of the weird episodes, but I want to know your thoughts. Do you remember Hush? That's the silent episode. Yes. Yes. Um, so I thought that that kind of metaphor for communication being silence was really interesting. Um, and also how what they each have to communicate to the other is kind of unspeakable on some level. And so I thought that that episode did do a good job of kind of showing the difficulty of that process um, and how that even needed to be done in a different way um, because they're both communicating. Th- yeah, I, I, it's kind of a blur for me, to be honest, in the That's details. Okay. But I do right. think it was definitely an interesting like parallel to the fact that they were having trouble communicating to the other and trying to figure out um, what they should share. I just also thought it was, you know, funny every time that um, Riley was like, how can she put up with my job? How can I? (laughs) I'm just like, oh, buddy, you have no idea. (laughs) Yeah, you really have no idea. You truly don't. And I think that later on when, um, later on when she's like, oh, I need to tell him um, about Angel. I hadn't, I think I had kind of assumed that she had already communicated all of that. And then thinking through how, like, oh, that is a really big deal. Like, literally, he hunts demons and she was in love with one um, and had sex with one. And then, like, that turned to me, like, it's a whole big deal. And realizing, oh, they had never communicated about that even after that point. Um, I I didn't notice that at first. I was like, oh my God, they haven't talked about this. This is a really big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the fact that like he his moment of pure happiness is with her and it's only with her. You're like that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, no pressure. Yeah, also yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, trying to compete with that. 
Okay, so thoughts on Faith coming back in her episodes. Oh god. Okay, okay. Well, that was a whole that whole moment where she becomes where they switch bodies basically. Yeah. Right. And where she goes to see Riley's continuing. Oh. I was just like, oh no. Like I knew where that was going to go. <laughs> You're like, and there's that like, sexist punishment again. Yeah. And I was like, this is really going to go to a really dark place. The show has a way of doing really, having characters do really unforgivable things. And then they like make it okay. But it's, it's really like, how do you come back from that? You know, yeah. um, and she was very different than Buffy. So for him to not like, okay, maybe he wouldn't notice that. But like, they got through that easier, I think, than they should have. I agree. If I could say it that way. Um, yeah. She Faith is just a whole situation. I, I, yeah. I thought it was really interesting, though, after um, she does sleep with Riley and then when he says, I love you to her, and we get the the feeling that's the first time he's told Buffy that he loves her, right? So of course like, it is. <laughs> how, uh, and I mean, yeah, I don't think that Buffy even finds that out, right? Because I think if she did, I think that would change things as well. Um, but when you see that even Faith is like, whoa, like, I'm now playing games with things I didn't even realize, and not even she is comfortable with that level of darkness, I thought was really interesting. Um, I, I felt like they, for her being such a big deal and I thought she'd come back, I did feel like they did away with her pretty quickly. If that makes sense. Like I kind of expected a little more. Um, And that's because of her two episodes over on Angel. Okay. Um, and it's unfortunate, but a big chunk of the Riley and her situation is addressed over on Angel. Um, I need to watch that season. And Buffy's there. (laughs) Okay. So it's Riley's not, which I was like, this is kind of a big, important, like he kind of needs to be there. Um, but yeah. it's addressed. And okay. Faith's arc is one of the best in the entire series. Um, and it's very earned. So I like seriously, it brings me to tears. It gives me chills every time. Those two episodes are very, very good. Um, I guess I agree with that. I agree with you. I think that they minimized at least Riley's side of things a lot more. Yeah. Um and I mean, not to, this isn't a spoiler, but like, unfortunately, the show gets worse with this kind of thing. Um, okay. And it's one of the harder things about the later seasons is um, it just, it, it gets very problematic in that area. And it's one of the biggest criticisms of the show. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot to love, but that aspect of it becomes really icky. Um, so yeah. just a heads up for that. But um it's something that definitely hasn't aged well, but it also, again, like you said, it's a reflection of its creator and of who the creator chose to also be the showrunners and the writers for the show as well. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. So what did you think about Spike coming back? Oh, okay. I have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, okay. On the one hand, he was part of my favorite part of the season oh yeah absolutely <laughs> it's hilarious it's like oh we've got this harmless little demon that we're keeping alive and hiding from the secret police like it's so it's it's so bizarre and yet he's kind of endearing in his own way and at, at certain points I was kind of like is is this guy being redeemed but like also no I, <laughs> no um <laughs> but I, I kept kind of thinking also like you just need to kill him he's still a demon yes. 
Yes, he's not, kill him. He's not Angel. Like Angel is like a you know recovered demon. Yes, he's still messed up, but he's 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 chosen a different path. Spike just cannot physically do harm. He so badly wants to do harm, and I. It's funny a lot of his jabs of like I'd kill you all if I could. I think there's kind of this like haha like oh he really loves us. It's a joke type thing right. almost. And but you realize like no he really they honestly probably should have killed him pretty early yeah. on. So I thought he made the season way more interesting. Agreed. He was probably my actual favorite part of the season in a lot of ways. Yeah. And yet what a like misstep to not deal with him. Yes. Um but at the same time that moral dilemma of he can't physically harm anyone. Right. So is it ethical for us to destroy him? However, especially towards the end of the season, when you think of like that whole, uh, you know, demons being um, like dressed as angels of light type thing, like that whole manipulative crafty thing is signature demon. So like they really didn't have their guard up for all the other ways he could mess them up. Um, yeah. And I think you really see that in the end when he separates them all and they're all going down these different paths, uh, the power that they gave him to mess them up. Yeah, totally. No, he it, – it, it's a confusing feeling because you're like, he's so entertaining. He's just it's – a, it's a silly situation and to watch him be so frustrated with the situation he can't change. It's very entertaining in a very dull season. Um, yeah. And then, but then also to be like, but he's the bad guy and he, <laughs> yes. like, why are we not killing him? Yeah. So that, that is, that tension is definitely there. Um, yeah. I will, I will say more later, but I agree with you 100%. <laughs> yeah. But I, I enjoyed him. He, he definitely entertained me for sure. Um, thoughts on Restless, the, the finale, I guess we'll call it the last episode of the season. Okay, so yes, this one, I, I will be fully transparent. This one, I was probably the most distracted watching because I was like packing up boxes. Um, and it was like <laughs> such a bizarre, but I like, I'd be like, wait, what did I, wait, where are they now? So I'll, okay, I'll be honest with you. My instant reaction to episodes like this, I have always hated episodes where it's like an alternate reality. Like um, any show that takes the characters and is like, we're going to be in the 1950s now. Or we're going to do, yes. I, I can't stand those episodes. I always fast forward them in any show. So I was kind of like, oh no, is this where we're going? Um, and yet it did feel like it had some significance, obviously a little deeper than that. Um, especially with coming off the idea of all these demons and that whole thing of kind of them battling their inner demons and exploring that. So I, I definitely missed enough that I'm not sure I fully got the right picture. Um, so if you want to kind of, point out any plot points I may have missed. Um. Sure. So, so the idea is, is it was a dream sequence. And Joss wrote this episode because he felt like season four had strayed from it, – it missed the plot. Essentially, the idea of the show is we're delving into who these characters are. And he felt like season four strayed so much. And actually – and I argue that season four is actually more about Riley than anybody else. And it's a feminist show. So it should not mm -hmm. be about Riley. Um and I think Joss mm -hmm. kind of sensed that as well. And so by the time he got to Restless, he decided to bring it back to the four characters. And he really wanted to delve into who these people are and what their fears, who like what makes them tick in anticipation for the next season. So 
Um, it delves. It is uh, four acts. It delves into each of the characters' dreams, and Willow's dream is all about her being her putting on a costume, fearing that she's she's not she's going to be seen for who she really is, which is just a badly dressed geek. Um, she's insecure not only about like you know her newfound sexuality, but also the fact that she doesn't feel like she is um, worthy in a way. She doesn't feel. Um, she feels like she's putting on an act for who she really is. So that was Willow's. And then Xander's is more about how he see he desires uh true com- true uh what's the word I'm looking for? True community, comfort. It de- delves into his mommy issues and his daddy issues. It delves into the fact that his overall fear is he's afraid of being left behind by all his friends mm-hmm. who are moving on to college, moving on their lives, and he's afraid that his only way out of the basement, the metaphorical and the literal one, he's in mm-hmm. his parents' basement. <laughs> Is to become right. like his father, his very abusive father, mm-hmm. um, and so he he's kind of stuck in that. And then Giles is Giles is the most interesting. Um, it's the tension between his desire to help Buffy and his he like he sees her almost like a child and his fear for her, but then also going. I need to have my own life. And then they had metaphors like they had um, his past girlfriend uh, was pregnant but pushing an empty stroller. And so this idea that mm-hmm. his life is passing him by as he's choosing all these other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also the tension of he's breaking, he's broke away from the Watchers Council. Who is he? And uh, kind of some misogynistic undertones there too. Like Giles doesn't realize how much he's bought into a lot of the ideologies of the Watchers Council. Um and so that's like really, really fascinating. And then Buffy's dream is a lot of foreshadowing for the okay. future. Um, watch it then. Yeah, you should rewatch it. Honestly, I think I think it's actually right up your alley. I feel like there's a lot of like there's a lot of meta stuff. Um, what this episode like the big takeaway from it basically is is that they're gearing up to kind of delve a little bit more into the, the emotions and the core of who these characters are in the coming seasons. And what you can hope for is that season five is going to be a lot more character centered and less so on weird big, big bads. So anyway, does that, does that kind of clear up a little bit it for did. you? And now I want to go rewatch it because I was clearly distracted. I got a bit of it, <laughs> but I was like, wait, what? I, yeah, I, and I, 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 I like that it kind of culminated there because you saw tinges of that throughout I kept thinking of Giles every yeah. time that poor man's like maybe it's just because I'm almost as close to his age now right <laughs> I think I'm right in between and I'm like oh my god like they don't realize like they're they're not appreciating and I, I think they do appreciate what he brings to the table um but this poor man is just like struggling with where do I go from here even though right. he really is still very important to her um, and still does guide her. Um, I really, can we talk about Xander for a moment? Oh because yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I really, the whole season, I was a little frustrated because I want better for him. And I feel like maybe in the next season, especially since, um, that talked about that with their, uh, the dream sequences, but I really want better for him. Like, why is this dude not going to school, not doing much of anything. But at the same time, he really is so important to the community they've built as, you know, the companions to the Slayers. And I was thinking about this a lot in the episode where they um, take care of Adam, basically how he is so integral to that process. And yet he, he doesn't see that so much. And I just, I want for his character to like 
like get slapped in the face a little bit and realize how much value he has and brings to this community so that he can stop standing still, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm like, I get like, yes, these, these fears he has, they're real fears and they're, yes, he's a townie. That, that's a real thing. Um, but Xander could do better than that. So it's very frustrating to watch him just kind of stand still in this place. Um, and then I, I also just hate for Willow that she's like in this, oh no, I'm because honestly her, her nerdiness, her, um, witchy vibes, all those things are what make her such an interesting and compelling character. And so I hate that she's constantly questioning her value out of that. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I agree. I agree. All right. So predictions for next season. All right. Do I just lay them out here? Lay them out. Tell okay. me. I'm ready. <clears throat> okay. Well, you kind of said this, but I do feel like hopefully we're going to get back to our core characters a little bit more and their identities um, since we got away from that. Um, I've Obviously, Riley's not gone away, so we're going to see more of him. Um, and I think that... I'm hoping we get a little more of their actual relationship delved into beyond just sex. I, I think that that's bound to come out. Um, so I think that's going to happen. I'm feeling a little pressure now because my predictions are usually accurate. <laughs> <laughs> you know no. what? You will not be blamed for yes, your season no. five predictions because season four is kind of like, where are they going from here? <laughs> there are some clues, especially in Buffy's dream that if, like when you go back, you'll be like, oh, I see where they're going in season five, especially with Buffy. Um, so yeah, I think since they've all kind of been going through this, you know, Giles is kind of questioning his identity. I think next season, Giles is going to do something a little bit different. So this season, he's just been like, am I the watcher? Am I just watching the soap operas with this demon friend I have on my couch? Who am I really? <laughs> I think Giles is going to make a choice. So I think he's going to, um, find something else that he can, um, put his attention toward, even though I'm sure he'll still be accessible to um, Buffy. Um, but yeah, at the same time, it's it's funny because I feel like we're we're looking for him, um, her to kind of find her own way. But at the same time, it's like he has to find his own way apart from her. So I think there's going to be some of that. I don't I don't know if this is on, at all on the right tracks, but we only talked about this a little bit. I kind of want to mention it here. I feel like something has to give with Anya. I feel like she's she's funny, but she's not interesting enough to last. So I feel like as Xander's identity progresses, I feel like she is going to either they're going to end or she something is going to change there. Because I did feel a little bit like um, she's just kind of like a a relationship of convenience and, and not even really convenient. She kind of basically wouldn't have let him have any other way. Um, right. He's in the relationship but, because she wants it, not necessarily yeah. because he wants it. Yeah. But as he's kind of exploring, he's kind of felt like aimless and who am I and those toxic things. I think he's going to kind of come out of it with a firmer grip on who he is. I think that's going to dissolve or go a different direction. Um, yeah. Well, I found her funny Oftentimes I was just like, there isn't much to this. And that was annoying me. So I think that's going to go somewhere different for Willow. I think that she's going to keep exploring this because at the time I feel like this was a pretty, like you were saying a pretty um, earth shattering premise for TV. 
um, with the same sex relationship, but I feel like that's going to be explored a little bit more. I think she's going to come into her own more with that. Um, since she is kind of seen as that iconic character, I'm curious, her, her girlfriend's name is, is it Tara? Tara. I'm curious because, okay, this may be left field. I'm just going to throw it out there. I feel like, (laughs) say it. I feel like something, something sinister is there. Like, I feel like her character is always so like, ooh, (laughs) something's going to happen. That's maybe. No, they've definitely hinted at that with her. You're yeah. not you're not alone. There was a couple of moments like where she sabotaged the spell between her and Willow at one yes. point. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if this is just supposed to be like a red herring or whatever, but I think that's gonna go somewhere. And I'm not sure if it's that she's gonna be an overarching bad character or if it's just gonna cause complex issues, but I see something happening there. Um trying to think. How many seasons are there total? Seven. I feel like <laughs> you're like, where do we fall in the storyline arc? Literally, literally. <laughs> um, I feel like with Riley and Buffy, I feel like either that's going to end at the end of this next season mm-hmm. or that's going to start to end in this next season, because I mm-hmm. do believe it will definitely end by season seven. But I also I also do think she's going to have to date a normie. <laughs> I really I do think something has to happen there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like in this whole exploration, I I kind of feel like she's going to end up with Angel, but I do feel like she has to explore all these sides of herself um, and her her humanity, but also herself as the Slayer. So I think that we have to have either in this next season, where whether it's like a triangle or a rectangle of sorts with Riley... Um, <laughs> Riley, a normal person, an angel, or whatever it is, I think that has to happen at some point in the next series. Um, I'm hoping that the villain will be more fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it will be based on what you've said. Yeah, those are some of my thoughts. Yeah, I'm hoping those are good. On the right track. <laughs> those are good thoughts. Um, I'll give you a little bit of a hint about what's going to happen next season because season five is my favorite season. Um, Ooh, okay. Oh, yeah. It's it's by far my favorite season. Um, it's not as tight as season three, but a lot of people – it's – a lot of people go back and forth on whether or not season three is better or season five. Like the two seasons are just so good. Um, but, okay, so your one prediction that you did not get right for this this season was you were thinking that Buffy was going to explore her dark side a little bit more. Yes. And so season five, what Restless is setting up is um, for Buffy – She's getting hints about her, the Slayer lineage, where the Slayers came from. And so there's a mm. – season four was all about embracing your nature. Embrace who you are. Don't change it. Don't let other people change it. Season five is what happens if your nature is darker than you thought it was going to be and what happens if your nature is actually worse than the monsters that you defeat, you face. So like okay, – I had a feeling you were going there. Yeah, it's very, very interesting. It's very good. It delves into a little bit more of like who the Slayer is. Um, Yeah, and 
a super fun villain on top of it. So yeah, some, and and some of the shows, the show's most human episodes amidst all of that, which is very mm-hmm. very interesting in comparison with all the Slayer stuff that we're talking about. It just makes for a fantastic dichotomy. I'm excited, yeah, because yeah. that's such a big deal. I think even as a human being, of like, what do you do when you're past, or not even your past, your ancestors, the people that you come from, when there's darkness there? How do you? Yeah, I think that's gonna be really interesting. Cool, I'm totally. excited. Yeah, so. It's good stuff. And let me know if you end up going back and um, watching the crossover episodes because those are I also will. really good. I definitely am going to do that. I actually really liked Angel the first couple episodes that I saw. I just ran out of time. So yeah. I, who was it? Was it you or was it one of your sisters that was saying they actually like Angel even more, the show even more? Was it one of it's you It's not guys? my sisters. Uh, no, my sisters do not like Angel at all. Um, I, I like Angel, the series. I generally... Buffy is a better show. Angel's a lot more uneven. It's even more problematic when it comes to the fridging of female characters. It's very not great to female characters, but it has some great themes. It has some of the best episodes of both series. And um, Faith's arc is mainly over on Angel, and it's just really, really good. So, yeah, no pressure. You have your homework. Cut out yeah. for the next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I probably should. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch the crossover episodes. Yeah, and then I'll watch season five and season five. Yeah, season five. Yeah, season five. And then if I have extra time, we'll go to Angel. There you go. <laughs> All right, Liz. Thanks so much for joining us again. This is so fun. I like that Thank I get to look forward to like not only talking Buffy with you, but being like, oh, I get to talk to Liz. <laughs> I love it. It's so much fun for me. Thank you for you know putting up with my. Uh, binge watching ways and my silly questions it's fun to uh, explore and it's cool to have like a record of like my process so like when I go back I'll be like oh those were my predictions oh that was my experience so thank you you've been nailing it so far so my pleasure and for you listeners, um, you guys can find Liz on Instagram at Literati in La La Land. She is going through books and writing reviews. And I keep seeing all your book reviews and being like, oh my gosh, I need to actually like pick up a book and read. I just don't have much time right now for reading, but I'm like, oh my gosh. So when I have time, I'm going to be texting you be like, give me a recommendation. Please do. I would love to. So yeah. And then for you guys, just a reminder that this is our last episode. We are taking a break until August 3rd. Uh, So yeah, we will miss you guys, but we hope you have a wonderful July and we cannot wait to be back with you guys for season five. Until then, guys, we will talk to you next time.